episode 111 in the Actors Room. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jeff Tarowski, and this week we highlight a little film called Swimming with Sharks, 1995. An independent film starring Kevin Spacey, Frank Whaley, and Michelle Forbes. Gotta tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I absolutely adore this little film. Not too many people know about it. I've been on a Kevin Spacey kick these past few weeks. Can't get that guy out of my mind. Such a fascinating character. And I think you would agree with me. He's a fascinating cat. Fun to watch. Mysterious. And if you listen to my latest episode in the Actors Room, I talk about his latest Christmas Eve video. Hope you listen to that. I would like your opinions on that. But this show, we're going to talk about a film that just sort of explains just how Hollywood really does work. And it's a film to watch, enjoy, and take notice of just how things go in the world of Hollywood. Behind the scenes. Getting things done. Oh boy, Kevin Spacey gives a performance. I hope everybody out there is doing great. My name's Jeff. This is the Actors Room. Here we go. Nineteen ninety five, director George Huang put on a little film called Swimming with Sharks. And he based it on a real person, Joelle Silver, a big time producer in the business, did films like Die Hard, action packed, blow em up type movies. Well, George Huang, the director of this film, wanted to give his spin or his opinion. And how the business really is. And he thought it'd make a good movie. Why not? I think it's brilliant. I adore this movie. I really like movies like this. Where you get to see things that happen behind the scenes. How things really go. What do you have to do to make it to the top? How do people act in this situation? What's expected of you? What's around the corner? What do you got to do? What do you have to look out for? Who's the guy you avoid? (laughs) And then there's asses you got to kiss. And things you got to do for him. In order to get from here to there. And in Hollywood, there's a lot of ass kissing. There's a lot of it. And it's smiled upon. That's a part of the game. So director George felt a movie like this would be interesting. Giving his side of the story. And how things really go. How it was for him. And I love it. So here we go. The main characters. Kevin Spacey plays Buddy Ackerman. The big time producer. Frank Whaley plays Guy. His assistant. The naive farm boy. Right? And says, I'm not a farm boy. I grew up in upstate New York. But he's the farm boy. The novice. Someone who really doesn't know what really goes on. 
that signifies us, the viewer. The naive one going into a film not knowing what's about to happen. And the other main character is Michelle Forbes. And she plays another movie producer. Not as successful as Buddy Ackerman. But somebody in the business. Knowing the ropes. How things go. And has sort of slept her way to the top. Another character in the film is the former assistant of Buddy Ackerman. uh, Who sort of shows the ropes to Guy. The new assistant. And that's played by Benicio Del Toro, uh, who, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is one hell of an actor. Now, I find it hard to understand Benicio sometimes. He's very natural. His diction may not be perfect, but it's almost like he doesn't need to say anything. He's such a wonderful actor that you gain so much by just his behavior. Wonderful actor. Don't know much about him as a person. Seems like a nice guy. I don't know. You don't hear too much about Del Toro, I don't think. Which means he stays under the radar. Which means he's a pretty good guy. That's just my opinion. Anyway, (laughs) I could be completely wrong about Benicio. But I like him as an actor. He has a very small role in this film. He plays the former assistant who shows Guy the ropes. This is how the phone works. <laughs> this uh, He shows him the copy center with all the coffee and everything and, and points to the copy machine and says, this is going to be your best friend. And uh, I really fear the day it goes down on you. And I know a lot about that. I work for Xerox. <laughs> Copiers go down all the time and it sucks. Anyway, moving forward, Benicio's character shows Guy the ropes, uh, tells him, listen, Hollywood is different from any other business. You got to treat it that way. And the first example of this in the film is when Kevin Spacey's character, Buddy, you see him for the first time. And he seems nice at first, right? Smiling. Welcome guy. Glad to have you here. Finally, somebody that knows what they're doing. That sort of thing. Well, Kevin Spacey's character, Buddy, is ready to go to a meeting. It says he needs his coffee. So the new guy, Guy, goes and fetches his coffee. And before Guy gets the coffee, Buddy says, I need sweet and low with the coffee. Well, Guy gets the coffee, brings uh, some sweetener with him. And Kevin looks down and says, What's this? And picks up a blue packet. It's equal. What's this? And guy says, sweet and low. (laughs) The look on Kevin Spacey's face. is like, um, are you a fucking idiot? Um, this is not sweet and low. This is equal. Because I don't care (laughs) what you think or feel, whatever. You have no brain. You should know the difference between equal and sweet and low. (laughs) And guy says, I'm sorry, I don't see the difference. I think they both contain the same thing. And buddy says, I don't care if equal has fucking fairy dust in it. I want sweet and low. (laughs) And right off the bat, you get to see how buddy treats people, period, or people underneath him. He treats them like garbage. 
And he enjoys it. That's the whole point. Buddy's character enjoys making people feel like idiots. Because I tell you something. Buddy Ackerman, that character, had to listen to the guys ahead of him when he was a kid in the business. And now he enjoys doing it to others. It's almost like a bully at school, ladies and gentlemen, isn't it? It's almost a guarantee. The bullies that you've known in your life that picked on you. They got picked on. Whether it was from some other student or their brother at home or their parents. Bullies been bullied. They're insecure. And Buddy is insecure. He rants, he raves, and he gets a kick out of it. It's almost like a sadist. They enjoy the misery of others. In Hollywood, and I'm, I hate to say it, but that business is based around that sort of mindset. And it's really cruel. And it's sad. And other businesses do it too. It's almost smiled upon to treat others less than you. Because you hold a status. And now you have to portray that status in a way that it makes sense to others in the office. Buddy Ackerman is someone to take notice of and to fear. And Kevin Spacey based that upon his life and his career. I'm a figure within Hollywood, within the project I'm doing. And they're going to fear me because I'm the man. And I had to work my fucking ass off. To get to this place. So give me the respect I deserve. That's Hollywood. (laughs) Sad but true. And a reason why I enjoy this film. Is because you get the curtain. uh, We push it back. We take a look inside. And in Swimming with Sharks. It allows us to to do that. You got to see this movie. Before I move on though. The very first scene. Besides Buddy losing it because he didn't get sweet and low. The very first scene is Guy, the assistant, shows up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. His first day of work, right? All pumped up. This is a big job. I guess being the assistant to Buddy Ackerman, that's a big deal. You do a good job, you're going to go places. You're going to work for Paramount, right? You're going to work for TriStar. You're going to be somebody. Do a good job. Your future looks bright. So Buddy is just, he's all revved up. He's, his eyes are bright. You know, his ears are perked up. He's got a few, you know, cups of coffee in him. He strolls into the parking lot in his shitty car. <laughs> There's no rim on one of the tires. He comes rolling up. The parking lot's empty. He's the first one to show up that morning. Goes to show you the kid's eager. It's a good sign. Now, of course, nobody's in the parking lot, so he just picks a spot. Parks. Moments later, here's, "Eh, eh." there's somebody behind him honking at him. So he gets out, says, what's going on? Hi, may I help you? The lady says, fuck you, you're in my spot, move. (laughs) And I love how guy looks around. There's nobody else in the fucking parking lot. And figures, "Um, okay, fine. It's a great spot. (laughs) That's Hollywood, though, right? In a way, um, fuck you, 
I don't care about you. You're in my spot. And it may not even been her spot. She was just being a bitch. Because she can be. That was Michelle Forbes. The other producer of the show. You have to excuse me, folks. Whew, I think I don't I didn't think I uh, took a breath there with my dialogue, so I have to take a moment. Collect my thoughts. It feels like I haven't done this show in about, I don't know, five years. It just feels that way. A lot's been going on with me. Uh, I had to sort of, I don't know, get through some stuff. Personal stuff. So it feels like to me that I haven't really, I don't know, sort of sink my teeth into something. And because of the Kevin Spacey Christmas Eve message that I just sort of... Went over in my head uh, a dozen times at least. And watched a dozen times. I found myself watching this film. So it goes to show you. Maybe. What Kevin does every year. On Christmas Eve. He does it for a reason. To keep himself available. Out there. An image. A reminder. Because ladies and gentlemen. There's a chance. I would not have watched Swimming with Sharks if I didn't have Kevin on my mind. Maybe I would have. But here I was watching Swimming with Sharks and thinking it would make for a great episode talking about this film. So in a way, Kevin, I think he's smarter than we think. And we know that he is smart. He is. But he's also... Keeping himself relevant in a way. Putting these videos out. No matter how you feel about him. He's still there. (laughs) Even though Hollywood has nothing to do with him right now. And they don't. You look at his IMDB page. All you're going to see recently are the video clips he puts on Christmas Eve. That's it. The guy misses acting. And I miss Kevin Spacey acting. And when I see Swimming with Sharks. A film coming out. In the mid 90's. In the mid 90's. 1995. That was a while ago. I miss his work. Kevin, I think that even though these things did happen to him, we really did see the best he had to give. Um, There are actors that do fine in their later years, and that's true. Absolutely. But like any other profession, you're going to, you know, slip a little. You know, losing your step. Off your game. But I gotta tell you, The 90s were good to Kevin Spacey. And this film proved it. The guy's good. He's demanding. He has a presence. He has the tone. He's got the look. He just has it. In this film... Will show just how conniving 
loud, <laughs> fucked up, and crazy. Hollywood really is the business itself. Where Benicio Del Toro explains with his character, explaining to Guy, the new assistant, that the Hollywood business is like none other. He tells Guy, get it out of your mind. This isn't Wall Street. This is Hollywood. Where hitting below the belt is not only acceptable, it's rewarded. Think about that. It's true. That's the way they play it in Hollywood. And it goes to show you just how hard it is that if you don't have a backbone in the business, you're not going to make it. I'm sorry you're not. You have to be able to look the other way, one way or another. To sort of let things slide. To do things you wouldn't normally do. And in some ways, it's good for that business because as artists, it's good to push the limits. And that doesn't only pertain to acting. That pertains to directing and writing and producing, just like all the characters in this movie are. They're artists. They're business people. It's my way or the highway. To Buddy Ackerman. Let's dive into Buddy Ackerman. Because he treats Guy. As like a servant. I want to say like a slave. Buddy is available to. I'm sorry. Guy is available to Buddy at all times. And whatever Buddy needs. Guy is there for him. Buddy berates Guy. Humiliates him. In front of the whole office. When you're faced with that brutality day in and day out, it'll do something to you. And eventually, it will to Guy. He'll lose focus. And although he's pretty good at his job, giving Buddy whatever he needs, his focus will will turn away and become defiant towards his boss. It's natural. He'll lose interest. He'll... Say things behind Buddy's back. Get frustrated. Because at one point in the film. Buddy. Has Guy in a project with him. He treats Buddy for the most part like shit. But there's a project that Buddy bring. I'm sorry. That Guy brings to Buddy. Hey. Guy and Buddy. They're like the same fucking name. I hate this. That's why I'm, I'm messing it up. There's Buddy the producer. And Guy the assistant. Guy brings Buddy a project. And Buddy likes it, needs it for his career, thinks it's a good idea. And Buddy and Guy work together on this project. And Buddy is treating Guy like an equal. But he's doing it for a reason. Only to get what he wants. He's stepping on Guy to get what he wants. And he does exactly that. He promises Guy that they're in it together. This is a great project. You and I, Guy. You and I. And when it finally sells the screenplay, Buddy 
doesn't give Guy any recognition. None. And that's horrible. He used the guy. Buddy's a piece of shit, but that's the business. Even getting a project done in itself is so hard. It's rolling. You're making contacts. People are happy. Hey, we got a winner here, guys. The sky's the limit. We're going to make it happen. And nine times out of ten, it never does. There's budgets. There's people that don't get along. Different opinions. Whatever the case is. You've got many obstacles around you. And when something does happen, in this case with Buddy and Guy, and Buddy has a project, and it does reach the top. Guy was a part of it. And Buddy dissing him, pretty much saying, I thought I wasn't going to include you in this. Wait for the next one. He doesn't even acknowledge Guy. Guy's now pissed. Not only that, Guy found the love interest, Michelle Forbes, another producer in Hollywood, and they have a thing going on. There's history with this other producer, Michelle. She has slept her way to the top. They explain that in the film. How much does that happen? Folks, I don't really know. I know it does happen. I think it's less and less throughout time. But in the 90s, it definitely was happening. Guy and Michelle are intimate. They're getting close. And Buddy sees this and uses it to his advantage. Sort of playing around with Guy. Showing that, hey... There's interest between me and the other producer. And there's a history. And there was. There's conflict. There's suspicious behavior. And there's frustration within the confines of the plot. Surrounding Guy, Buddy, and Michelle. A triangle. A triangle of that success in the business. And they're all competing. Although they're all working together to attain the same goal. There's always the friction and individuality of your, I don't know, would you say your vanity. You're the artist. You're the one that's going to get it done. I'm the person. There's that. There's pride. Your art. Although we're working together, I want to be the one. I'm going to get the respect. So there's always that inner demon within the industry and others within it. You're all striving for the same thing. That ring. The ultimate ring. You're all striving to get to that point. But there's also sex. (laughs) Sex always playing in. To the project. The relationships. Everyone's surrounding the project. Hollywood. The love triangles. The sex triangles. The sex squares. A lot of angles. How many angles? God only knows what the situation is. But in this one, triangle. 
Guy finds out Michelle is going to go over to Buddy's house to discuss a project and do other things, perhaps. Guy's fed up. Kevin Spacey's character, Buddy Ackerman, kicking me around every day. <laughs> I got to do everything for this guy. He treats me like shit. He booted me out of that project. Well, he didn't boot him out. He gave him no respect. And now he's moving in on my girlfriend. I'm done. So what does he do? He goes over to his apartment. I'm sorry. His apartment. His house. Buddy's freaking mansion. He's going to show him. Breaks in with a gun. uh, Straps him up. Ties him up. Beats him up. Tortures him. Plain as day. How dare you do what you did to me. You know what you did. Uh, It's payback. All the things that you've said to me. All the things you've done to me. And you get to see a side of Buddy Ackerman. A human side. But that doesn't matter. He tells Guy. You, uh, what do you call them? Microwave generation, MTV generation, you know, punks. You got to have everything now. You can't work your way up anymore, huh? It's all got to be now. And he tells Guy, I had to work my ass off to get where I am. I had to put up with the yellers, the screamers. And how he would have to tell his wife at the time. That he had to work overtime and not come home because he had to wrap presents. He had to put up with the bullshit. He tells Guy, I had to put up with people like me. (laughs) And now that I'm here and I'm the guy, I'm going to do what others done. Because it's my right. That's the way it's supposed to go. And you have to be the type of person to do what you have to do to make it. This is a very interesting film. Ladies and gentlemen. It shows you just how things just might run. (laughs) In this business. Because. You have guy beating the shit out of Buddy. Torturing him. Telling him. Basically. I might fucking kill you dude. Well the woman shows up right. The other part of the triangle. She comes in and sees what's going on. It's like, oh my God, buddy, uh, guy, what's going on? Guy, it's not what you think. Guy's like, well, what is it then? What are you doing here? You coming to sleep with him again? You know, I thought we had something. You know, buddy's a prick, but at least I thought I had you, Michelle. And I'm using her real name, Michelle Forbes. I don't know. (laughs) I just like Michelle. Anyway. The ending is strange because Buddy is facing Guy and although he's been tortured all night long, is looking right at Guy, bloody, <laughs> pussy, <laughs> bloated, swollen, and says, Guy, you have to make a choice. What's it going to be? Come on, Guy, my apprentice, my student, my assistant. I'm your mentor. Do what you have to do, son. And it's a very creepy moment between Buddy Ackerman and Guy. Buddy is tempting him to do the unthinkable. To do an act that takes such balls that if you do 
what I want you to do right now. You will prove to me that you're willing to do anything to make it not only in Hollywood, but the world. Do it, guy. Do it. Show me what you're made of, son. And of course, guy has a gun. And he points it and shoots it. So what happens, right? <laughs> well, he, he, he killed Buddy. Guy killed Buddy. End of movie. He's going to prison. <laughs> yeah. End of the movie, right? No, 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 no. Guy ends up shooting the girl. And the first time I watched this movie, I said, that is so stupid. I don't get it. What a horrible ending that would never, ever happen. (laughs) And when you really think about it, the chances of that happening, pretty slim. And I think I was right the first time I watched it. I've seen it about 10 times since my first viewing. Every time I see it. Last week being maybe the 10th time I've seen it. It keeps getting more real and believable for me. Hollywood and the big businesses are so screwy that something like that could happen. And the director of this film, George, felt that it was so possible he put it in his movie. This is a very realistic movie. Not including the ending. I think the ending is far-fetched. But something like that, I think George wanted to explain at the end that this business is so crazy. That my ending could actually happen. It's almost the ultimate sacrifice. That guy was so driven. So fucked up. To make it in Hollywood. Or business. That he was willing to kill an innocent life. To prove. That he could do what was necessary. To get things done. The cunning. the What is that? What is George trying to tell us. With this film. There are no boundaries. Murder. Is actually possible. That's crazy. What do you think about that? Love to hear your opinions on this. Watch this movie. Get Kevin Spacey. Uh, Frank Whaley plays guy. I don't know what to think about Frank. He was in Pulp Fiction. He was in Hoffa. Uh, He was in uh, Little Monsters. Remember Little Monsters with Fred Savage? He was in that. Um, He's been in a lot of big movies. Um, I'm trying to think what uh, he was in uh, Career Opportunities with, was it uh, Jennifer? Jennifer. Well, really hot uh, lady. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. He was in career opportunities with her. I don't know what to think about Frank. I reached out to him to get his opinion on this film. Uh, He never got back to me, as far as I know. It would have been nice to talk to him about his experience on set with Kevin. Just doing the film, period. I think it would have been fascinating to talk to him. Uh, he's a decent actor. Um, I like his work. He was perfectly cast in this. He's sort of a sniveling little guy in this movie. Uh, he just has that face. 
I would have done. I think that sort of character uh, is a a role that would have suited me pretty well. I think that I would have done well in that character. I see that uh, as an actor. That would have been a role I would have tried out for. And would have loved to have played. I would have loved to have played Guy. <laughs> that would have been not only fun. Um, but being on that end. like That would have been me. I would have gotten all that shit. <laughs> uh, and quite honestly. If that was really happening to me in real life. I would have shriveled. And I would have quit within two weeks. I can't do that. I can't put up with that shit. It would gnaw at my insides. I would go insane. It would break me down to the point where I'd be crying. (laughs) Every day. Every day. I've had people in my past. In the business world that I've worked with. And I'm talking 15 years ago. I've been out of acting for 20 years. I'm talking about real life business. Not Hollywood. And I've worked with certain people that have broken me. Just because they treated me like shit. And it really affected me. Where others it doesn't. They brush it off. I take it personal. And you shouldn't really. Pricks are pricks. What are you going to do? They treat everybody like shit. (laughs) But it takes a certain type of person. This is my point. It takes a certain type of person. Within Hollywood. To make it. Acting might be different. But I'm talking about. Uh, directing. Producing. Those guys. They're a different breed. I respect them in a way too. Because I can't do that. Gotta have that temperament. Uh, the ability. To really tell. People below you. What you really think. And be honest. No matter what. There's a certain truth in that. And I don't like hurting people, uh, hurting their feelings. I do this podcast and there may be things I say, my opinions, and you're insulted by that. And that happened recently. I was presented with something in my show. I did. And it was brought to my attention that I insulted somebody with my opinion. And hey, I mean, I guess it happens. Um, And you... Those out there that feel that way and have gotten back to me about it, you don't have to be insulting about it. I was insulted. They insulted me. And, you know, I guess it happens. But like I said before, that stuff affects me. It does. Other people are like, ah, oh, fuck you. Whatever. I don't give a shit what you think about me. I do. I care what people think about me. I'm not going to lie. I care. And consider just fucking stopping the show because if I feel I'm insulting people I don't mean to do that that's not my intention and I express in my show these are my opinions and if I come off brash that is my passion that is just me being passionate what's wrong with that Uh, I guess some people love to hear shows that are monotone mechanical that's boring You're not going to get that on this show. You're going to get emotion. You're going to get feeling. You're going to get opinions. You may not agree with them and that's fine. But let's leave the insults within you. You have a a problem with me. (laughs) Swear at the wall. 
Call, call me an asshole within the confines of your bedroom. Fine. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I got to get that stuff out, folks. Like I said, this is my show. This is the actor's room. We talk about movies. We talk about actors. Sometimes we talk about documentaries. Uh, there have been a few uh, documentaries brought to my attention to take a look at, and I might. I love doing them. People say, hey, you're an actor. You have no right <laughs> commenting on docs. Or saying that just because you study behavior and all that stuff, human feeling, that uh, I'm not qualified to give opinions on certain subjects. And that might be true. But I feel somebody that studies behavior might have a little bit more insight on someone that doesn't. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm a professional. Like I'm a psychiatrist. I'm not that stupid. But do you trust every professional? There are people that go to court and give testimony, expert testimony, expert witnesses that don't have doctorates. They're just experts on a subject. You don't have to be a professional to give your opinion on a subject. You have to have insight into it and understand it. And I feel that if you have those two things, insight and understanding, that I'm going to... Respect your opinion. Especially also if you're passionate about it. It means something to you. That goes a long way with me too. Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. We talk about all sorts of shit. Hopefully my show keeps you interested in subjects you don't think about on a regular basis. It's just life, right? You go through life every day. You're with your family. You do your job. You come home. You do some laundry, you deal with the kids, you deal with the wife, the, the husband. Or if you're older, you're dealing with your kids. They're all grown up now and you, you support them. You're there for them. I hope that you sit down every night, right? And you put in a movie or a show that takes you away. And I'm sure most of you do. Make sure that you, you experience it with others, though. Include your family. Uh, your daughter, your son. Your husband, your wife, your niece, your nephew, whatever the case is, your mom or dad. You talk about film. You talk about art. It's so wonderful. And although Kevin Spacey has done some very unlikable things in the past, and I'm so sugarcoating Kevin right now because I love swimming with sharks. (laughs) Kevin's done some bad things, but he's a great actor. And we miss his art. So put in that movie. Watch that show. Enjoy it. Get something out of it. I hope you're watching something that makes you think. Even though we love to be entertained. Don't we love to watch stuff that really makes you think? It rattles around in your brain and in your soul. It makes you feel. It's all about feeling. And we grow. But you learn something new. That's why I love docs. You learn something. And then you go outside the box. And do your own research about a topic. It's so much fun to do. If you've never checked out Reddit. There are forums on any subject you can imagine. And people give their opinions on subjects. Documentaries. Films. People. It's a rabbit hole of 
just wonderfulness. <laughs> I love it. And I hope you do too. Keep listening to The Actors Room. Support the show. Go on to the website. www.theactorsroom.lipson.com Go on Instagram. Twitter. I'm hardly ever on Twitter. I fucking hate Twitter. I deleted it off my phone uh, this summer. Because all the bullshit that's going on. And congratulations to Mr. Joe Biden. Our new president. I am there. Okay? Although I didn't vote for Mr. Biden. He is now my president. And I hope he does a good job. Okay? And those of you out there never gave Trump a chance. I get it. (laughs) I do. But hey. A new era has come. And it's Joe Biden and Harris. So here we go. Let's do it. Let's heal. Uh, Let's come together. Uh, Although I may not agree with everything that Joe might do. I didn't agree with everything Don did. But we need to start healing here. This nation needs a big fucking band-aid. Oh my God. I hope it's the biggest, most comfortable band-aid the universe can find. Please cover us and let us heal. Let us scab the fuck up. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a pretty thick scab. And it's going to take a while to heal. But we can do it. So stay strong out there. Stay healthy. Hug your kids. Kiss your wife, your significant other, your husband. Okay. Do it. The future, it can be bright. So let's get there. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you. Thank you for listening to the Actors Room. Hope you learned something. If not, I hope I entertained you. <laughs> God bless you. Have a good one.